In this episode, we ask, what can America and other countries learn from the yellow vests in France? Cultural appropriation. Is there a legal way to protect our cultures? African countries to European museums. Give me back my now. Introducing African cryptocurrencies. Are they leverage for true freedom? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Rebel Sisters podcast, where being black is about all of us, from Chicago to Paris and from Nairobi to Geneva. I'm Hélène Fossard. And I'm Ayota Van. How are you doing today, Ayota? I am lovely. It is the end of 2018. Yes, we made it. We made it. <laughs> oh, we Ever- made it solid. Everybody give yourselves a round of applause. And safe. Yes. Yes. Amazing. Naji is with us operating the sound and being part of our editorial also today. So what are we going to talk about? Ooh, we have a lot of things to talk about today. Hmm, let's see where to start. We're going to talk about the yellow vests in France. We're going to talk a little bit about Miss Jasmine Headley in New York. Um, what else are we going to talk about? Oh, we're going to talk about Akuna Matata. We're going to talk about Disneyland. Didn't Disney make that song? I'll, I'll be, we'll be back. And we're going to talk about art restitution because there's something uh, beautiful happening uh, for African art uh, right now. Uh, we also have like new segment for you guys. Uh, we have like this one called the What the Huh headlines. So that's a special one. And we're going to be talking about tech and finances also um, yes. later. So Yellow Vest, my country of France is in the street every weekend since five weeks, Erica. Yes, and they're actually, you guys are actually calling it like uh, Act 4, Act 5. So every week it's like a new act. And um, last Saturday there were 66,000 people in the streets. The Saturday before it was like about 120. Um, and so far they've had some gains. So there were actually, there was a uh, raise in the minimum wage, 100 euros per month. What do you think about that? I think it's great. I think like, I mean, what's happening now is that, yeah, I mean, like people like you and I and and, and like uh, here you call them the blue collars and also the white collars are mm-hmm. also marching. Like uh, people are really tired in France of uh, the, um, the imbalance of, of uh, living, you know, and um, we have this tradition of being revolutionary Um so, but you were asking like precisely about 100 euros more on the minimum uh, wage than a SMIC. Yeah. Right? Um, so, yeah, no, I think it's fair. It's just fair. I mean, you see like all those like companies and corporates making more and more money. Um, and, and, and the people who are like really making like, you know, this money is not seeing the color of this money. So um, I guess it's just fair. We're living in a, in a, in a country where 
Luckily enough, we have an amazing system, which is this healthcare system, uh, social security and all of that. This costs um, to all the workers because we're paying taxes for this. Um, so uh, I think that, yeah, people have the right and uh, more than that, the um, le devoir. How do you say this? Uh, the responsibility. Thank you. The responsibility as voters, as yeah. as citizens, as taxpayers, um, yeah, to ask what they need. Yep. And if it's a hundred uh, euros more on the minimum uh, salary uh, wedge, so be it. Yeah, I think there's a real lesson to be learned here, at least for Americans. And like, if we just push aside whether you agree with anything or not, or I, I think that uh, the lesson is that if you make the effort to get up and uh, bring people together, you, know, you can get things, you can make progress, you know? Um, the other thing we wanted to talk about was Jasmine Headley. Explain. So Jasmine Headley was, uh, is a woman who was arrested in New York and she was basically waiting um, to, uh, to basically talk to a social services worker because she was getting these um, child care credits for $1,200 every month. And, and so she was arrested. It, was, it went viral on social media. They pulled her baby out of her arms. This baby was like one years old. It was like horrifying. I think everybody was horrified and there was an outcry. Um, so because there was this public outcry, she was released. Um, but I, I just wanted to talk about it because I, I would love to know, like if we're thinking about the yellow vest, you know, if all the mamas, all the mothers you know, in America stood up and we said, childcare is too expensive. $1,200 a month. This is why so many women are not working. They want to work, but they can't. And so if, if we organized ourselves as mothers, as parents, Hey, what can we get? I totally agree. And to me, like it's again, uh, a responsibility Like, um, I mean, how do you want like your society to function uh, if then if your citizens are not taken care of? Um, I read this article lately. Um, this we we're getting to such a cynical society. Um, but like, uh, what is the secret to happiness? No kids. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> that's 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 the new thing. Like, that's the new agenda. Um, That's giving up. There, I saw something um, in, in Jacobin, which is a, friend, it's a socialist magazine in the United States, but um, it's clearly taking the name from the French Revolution, mm -hmm. Jacobin. And they wrote a, somebody wrote an article recently and they were saying this attitude is giving up. It's, it's not fighting for your family or your right to have a family. It's saying, you know what, it's too hard. And instead of us fighting to actually have the things that our families need, that our kids need, that working people need, we're just going to give up and say, don't have kids. To me, that's giving up. And it's, you, you hear that attitude all over the place. It's, it's almost like people want to tell people you're irresponsible for having a kid. It is. And that's, that's what the society is literally like, you know, bouncing on you, which is really, really wrong. But and this is where like when we get to this type of like um, walls or impasse, uh, when we're stuck 
you know, it's it's good sometimes like to go back and see like how back in the days, but I'm talking almost like, you know, ancient societies, how were we organized? How were we managing our societies? And me, I remember that in the African culture and the Egyptian also um, society, um, young parents couldn't take care of their children because they needed to be at work. Like it's logical, it makes sense. So uh, the children were taken care of by the elders, by the retirees, mm. by these who were finished with their active life in a way. When they, you know, you mm. gave what you had to give to society and yes, you retire. And those societies were organized in such a way that everybody has their, their role and it was like totally flowing. I'm, I'm, I'm totally flabbergasted. So what we're doing to mother and kids is a horrifying. What we're doing to our elders is horrifying. Mm -hmm. Can't we like just like bend it so we can like have these two worlds collide and, and resolve a lot of like situation that we have in this society? This is where I think it's necessary actually to revi revisit these systems and and we invite you listeners to really like think about that matter and share with us like what is your system do you have like a community system in place is it a family system in place how do you deal um with this like with childcare? um we would love to know and uh and 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 be able like to exchange eventually uh even resources about the matter um so um yeah I saw the images. Um, it was like really pff, It's horrible. crazy. She got a job for $13 an hour and then they cut her benefits. How does that make any sense? So you push her to work and then you punish her to work. And to that's, work. What, that's what we do to women all over the country. I, I was dismayed that the focus was so much on her color. That plays a big role, but, that's, but there's also a bigger issue that we need to discuss. Akuna matata, they say. Akuna matata. <laughs> you know what does it mean, right? No worries. It says sad, no worries, no problems. Akuna matata. And it's coming from, the, from Kiswahili, which is a language from um, Eastern uh, Africa. And the news is that Disneyland actually already trademarked Akuna matata in uh, 2003 for the use on clothing and footwear already. Uh, just to remember, Akuna Matata is part of the Lion King. and But the Lion King like released in 1994. So in 2003, they realized that, oh, wow, well, my God, we're going to do T-shirts and sneakers. And so they, ah, okay. <laughs> they trademark already Akuna Matata at that time. But they asked very lately for a more general uh, trademark on uh, this saying, which belonged literally to the whole Eastern Africa area. Because, I mean, we speak Kiswahili in Rwanda, in Kenya, in Burundi. Um, uh, Kiswahili was actually thought to become, and I'm, I think they're still planning on it at the African uh, Union, to make it like the African language, so we can like mm. all speak together. So... Yes, Disneyland is definitely capital, capitalizing on African culture. So, 
I read all type of like, you know, commentaries. Is it a new colonialism? Um, uh, well, in a way, it has always been. Uh, so mm -hmm. there is like this, this man, his name is Shelton Mpala. He created an online petition on uh, change.org um, saying that Disney cannot be allowed to trademark something that it didn't invent to start with. The petition was signed so far by 62,000 people and going up. And so we talked about uh, um, the case of uh, uh, for Thanksgiving of uh, cultural appropriation for what it is about like costumes and and black faces and all of this. But and, and I don't know if you remember, I, I got a little heated when I was mm -hmm. like, OK, but if they're making money with it, this cannot be and everything. Mm -hmm. And we are in the perfect case of making money, milking African culture. So what are we doing to protect our culture? What are we doing? Alors, we, we, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm being, being in my, my little French. Alors means so. So <laughs> uh, some, some, some people do. So I discovered that, for example, it's Rwanda who protected a local slogan. Um, they say, Ndiumunya Rwanda. And they, they register it and protected it as a trademark, forcing corporates and third parties so to pay license fees, which is actually pretty great uh, when it's like going this way. Uh, uh, so some, some people do. Now you have like the complexity of like Akuna Matata. So yes, it's Kiswahili. As I, as I said, it's spoken in Rwanda, in Kenya, in Burundi. So who is legitimate mm -hmm. to kind of like, you know, put a trademark on it. Mm -hmm. And then I did a little bit more research and it's more complicated than this because to be able to protect our uh, cultural uh, saying, drawings, uh, uh, dance, music, and all of this, the only thing that the world kind of give us to do so is the trademark. But trademark is actually not created for that. Trademark is created for business. Trademark, we use it to protect what we will actually sell, what will enter into commerce. So nobody can claim your product, right? Yeah. And do business with it. Yeah. When I went to business school, at least in, which was a very European and American experience, they basically said, don't even bother trying to get intellectual property rights in any of Af anywhere in Africa, they basically said that only the EU and the US, Canada, Japan and Korea really mattered. So it was almost like they made the rest of the world look like a black hole. Like Exactly. And what is interesting with the Disneyland actually trademark is that they trademarked Akuna Matata for the US territory. Um, and probably Europe, meaning that you can sell uh, Hakuna Matata uh, shirts and sneakers in Africa, but African won't be able to sell Hakuna Matata to America, exactly. which, is, which is crazy to me. So we are in need of a real like consultation and work on this matter because it's way, com it's super complex um, because the tools that exist are not uh, fitting the mission. So how inventive will be the African nations 
um, to be able like to protect uh, um, our culture yeah. and our heritage is a is a question. So well, and inventions. I mean, any. just and uh, patents. I mean, if you, it's it's really tricky. You don't want African inventors and or creative people to feel like. I don't know, like they're in China and people can just kind of do what they want with their creative work. You need to have the same protections that you would find in Western Europe or in the United States or Canada. That's crazy. And yeah, and following this imbalance, let's talk about artifacts uh, restitution. Mm -hmm. uh, so through the years, European like colonizers pillage uh, Africa of its arts of its, um, you know, uh, how do you say, the um, uh, um, relics, artifacts, yeah, relics, mm -hmm. um, and everything is, is in their museum. Everything is in, you know, in France, in England, uh, here in America, New York, in Germany, Chicago, exactly. Mm -hmm. So. There were actually a consultation. I mean, they were like, we heard already, like back in the days, uh, the story of the v Venus Hottentot. Uh, yeah, Venus Hottentot. Yeah. The Hottentot Venus. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Can you say it with your American not, accent I again? I don't know if I'm saying it correctly, but Venus Hottentot. This is one of the things I read, but never, I don't think I've had a real conversation with anybody That's what it is. Uh, so yeah, the, the, her body to be returned to South Africa. So there were like already like some endeavors going this way. Um, but like there were like a consultation organi organized in France. Um, and the question was, do friends have to uh, uh, send back, so restitute uh, the artifacts that they have to former colonized country? And those two Uh, person, uh, Mr. Sarr and Miss Savoie de France, uh, answered yes. And Macron, Emmanuel Macron, uh, French president, started by sending like 26 pieces back to Benin in Cotonou. The good news is that just after Côte d'Ivoire, Ivory Coast asked for 148 pieces back, mm -hmm. and then just after Senegal, 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 kinky ting, kinky ting. Senegal decided to send a letter <laughs> to Macron and say, Macron, you know, I'm not going to tell you the number of pieces that you have to send me back. Just send me all my stuff back. So now it's very in interesting what's happening. A lot of like museums in France are like in danger. Uh, le Musée du Quai de Branly, Quai de Branly Museum are like, oh my God, oh there my will gosh. be nothing left in my store. Exactly. <laughs> yes, sir. You'll be empty and so many other ones. Yep. So we, we'll see how far uh, it will go. Some are already like, you know, crying and saying, no, uh, we shall not restitute everything. Uh, the good idea is actually to organize the circulation of it. No. Give back to each of these countries what belongs to them. Because your president said, I cannot accept that a large part of the cultural heritage of several African countries should be in France. Africa's heritage must be showcased in Paris, but also in Dakar, in Lagos, in Cotonou. This will be one of my priorities. Starting today, And in the next five years, 
I want to see the conditions put in place so as to allow for the temporary or definitive restitution of African cultural heritage to Africa. So, thank you, President Macron. <laughs> Africa is super happy. What the... Huh? Huh? Headlines. Eat, sip, trip. You can now eat individual ketchup slices because life is confusing. Okay. All right. Okay. Mashable. Johnson and Johnson reportedly knew for decades about abestos and baby powder. Ay ay ay. Okay. Self.com. What the hell are you supposed to do when your therapist goes on vacation? And uh, you go on vacation too. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what this website is. W R I C. Com. Southwest Airlines wouldn't let a pet fish fly, so Denver airport wor workers are babysitting it. And that's from Yahoo.com. This is just making me think of when I left my fish with my brothers one time and they killed it. Oh my God, my friend flushed it. So let's see on my side. On my side, I have um, Cardi B says she misses offsets. <laughs> that's all. And no, it's, it's coming from Jezebel.com. That's all. <laughs> and then we have Popeye's made emotional support chicken to make holiday travel better. That's from TheLeash.com. Forever 21 slammed for using a white model to sell a Black Panther inspired sweater. That's People.com. Forever 21 apologizes for using white men to model Black Panther-inspired sweater. And that's Fox News, guys. Pastor John Gray defends his 200K Lamborghini's purchase for his wife. And that's from the New York Post. Hallelujah. You gotta have so much extra money for that. And we got Najee. Najee's got some headlines. Hello. <laughs> um, I have some headlines. So this is coming from people.com. Meek Mill says ex Nicki Minaj has him blocked on social media. It says found out I was blocked. Prada pulls its uh, $550 blackface keychain amid backlash. That's coming from the Daily Beast. .com. <laughs> um, in other news, Michael B. Jordan's mom gave Oprah oh a rum cake. Yeah, sounds like sounds like a perfect mother-in-law is the headline as well. Um, that's coming from Vulture.com. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It's Oprah, so I'm kind of scared to say anything that is not a fact. Um. Princess Nokia <laughs> reissues debut album Metallic Butterfly, thereby saving your favorite winter holiday. That is tinymixtapes.com. And my last one is Medford Woman Sue's Trader Joe's. Not enough honey in cereal. That's coming from patch.com. Wow, people have nothing to do, seriously. Like, what? You're going to sue Trader Joe because you don't have enough honey? You guys, that's a very politically correct headline. It says, thereby saving your, in parentheses, favorite winter holiday, like insert your favorite winter holiday. That's, um, yeah. 
Talking about holidays, let's talk about money, finances, and tech. Yes, it's time for Paper Cheddar Guap. Okay, we wanted to talk about water. Is it the new petroleum? It is. I'm sure it is. You, you're sure it is. Well, so is the Wall Street Journal and Forbes and a bunch of other publications. So we know that Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan Chase, Citigroup, um, people like former President George H.W. Bush and his family, tycoons like T-Bone Pickings. I think his name is hilarious. Um, <laughs> they've all bought water around the world. Um, and most recently, Harvard University came in the news because it's come to the press's attention that they've bought a ton of land in Southern California. People thought this land was dry, wasn't really that useful. Turns out there's aquifers underneath. And this is part of their new investment strategy. So clearly the wealthiest in the world have decided that they want to be the new water barons. And I wanted to ask our listeners, um, what do you guys think about this? I think that this is kind of going to be the new human rights issue. Um, and I also think that this is an extension of a lot of philosophies that we've seen coming out of the U.S. go wrong, like the Monroe Doctrine or Manifest Destiny. This kind of idea that you can just walk west, kick off whoever was living there, take their stuff plant a flag and now everything under that flag is yours see like these people acquiring basically nature like uh, aiming at nature saying that this is mine and on the other side this perfect virtuality reality that we're also living including cryptocurrencies yes so there's two it This is crazy. Two announcements came out, I think, in the past week about cryptocurrencies. Um, one uh, coming out of Switzerland. It's called the Afro. I love it. Um, and so I'm just going to read what they have. Okay. So the Afro is the first cryptocurrency designed for Africa and dedicated to Africa's economic growth and societal development. It will notably lower transfer and transaction costs to facilitate trade exchange between African countries and regions and contribute to the financial inclusion of individuals and African SMEs. And there's a lot of other information. The thing that's kind of cool right now, you guys, is if you go to the website, which is um, afrofoundation.org, um, you can sign up and you can get 50 um, afros. Wow. If you sign up to the newsletter. That's, that's right. a good news. Yeah. And who knows where it'll go. But the important thing is that people are using it, right? Absolutely. Other free goods. I don't know if people like me are like, you know, uh, composing music um, on their computer and using uh, Ableton. Ableton 10 Live is offering free vintage synth sounds pack. So guys... If I were you, I'll be online getting my, my packs right now and load my machine with, uh, with new sounds. I have one more. Yeah. Cryptocurrency, Ambicoin. So Ambicoin is the cryptocurrency that's been created by Cameroon's Anglophone separatists. Okay. So according to Quartz.com, which I think is based out of New York, but Quartz Africa. Um, so known as Ambicoin, 20,000... And 82 of the Amazonian, Amazonian crypto bond has already been bought out of 100 
million on presale as of November 10th. One Amba coin sells for 25 cents, around 140 uh, CFA. CFA. Wow. And the main initial coin offering of the cryptocurrency is scheduled for December 24th. It is said to be backed by the rich natural resources of the breakaway region of Anglophone Cameroon. But see, that's smart. That's like, how do you finance? How do you literally like finance your movement or finance your independence or finance your goal? And yes, definitely crypto cryptocurrency has the leverage of uh, freedom in a way. It can definitely be this new currency that will give us wings. Um, this is fascinating. And we'll be speaking more and more in each episode about finances because uh, it's, it's very important that we and our community uh, strengthen ourselves with, with knowledge about finances. Because as we say in French, l'argent, c'est le nerf de la guerre. Um, and and we need to we, we, yeah we need to know more and thank you so yes. much I'm so glad we spent like this year together um, I'm sure we all had like ups and ups and downs and you know in general I'm super grateful super grateful for uh, first for tr being able like to sit with you guys and doing this show yes. grateful for all the listeners that we have like you know episode after after episode grateful for a lot of blessings that I received this year um, but also for all the bad things because it helps helps me grow um, so I guess I'm ready for 2019 excited for 2019 and I'm grateful too I think that this year wasn't easy for a lot of people that in my life or, or for me, but there were also a lot of great gifts. And like you said, these challenges, I think they bring, they, they make you stronger and uh, they help you understand yourself a lot better. Um, and so I'm really looking forward to what is next. I think 2019 is going to be really interesting worldwide. Absolutely. And 2019 being in numerology uh, year three, it will be a, a year of high communication So, listeners, we cannot wait to be with you in 2019. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning to our show, Rebel Sister, Rebel Sisters. Um, thank you very much. Thank you, Naji, for the sound. Thank you, Ayoda Vane. Uh, yes. We wish you a happy holidays to And a everyone. happy new year. Please tell us what you guys are looking forward to in 2019 and what you want us to talk about. Absolutely. So much love et prenez bien soin du jazz cette fois. Rest in peace, uh, Miss Nancy Wilson. Bye bye.